This episode of Dump and Change Podcast brought to you by Stellar Designs, your one-stop swag shop. In-house graphic design, screen printing, embroidery production, all done in-house at the shop in South Anchorage. Local, hot, and sexy. Do I use Stellar Designs? You bet your ass I do. Mac Center, Coach Mac Cup, Odd Man Rush Brewing, Eagle River Hockey Ooh. League, and yes, Dump and Change. Why? Because they're the best. Stellar Designs, your one-stop swag shop. www.stellardesigns.com And we're back! Welcome to episode 14 of the Dump and Change podcast, coming to you from the Odd Man Rush Studios, deep, deep in Eagle River Valley. I'm your host, Reed McDonald. I'm so stoked to be uh, back at it here with another epic guest. Um, if you guys have been following the social media, you know that uh, uh, my own social media, for a second, if I can just do this, for uh, the Dump and Change, or that not the Dump and Change, the Tarps Off boys have been keeping me real, real busy. That's my boys pseudo uh construction company i guess you could call it, but they're not a really construction company don't look them up um um great stuff they're they're uh, uh the deck is almost completed all we have to do is stair stringers and i left them out there today we'll see how they do should probably be a lovely lovely time out there in chugiak um so we are at 14 episodes in again what was the magic number seven seven <laughs> blowing that thing out of the water um uh, to my right, though, um, as always, my lovely co-host, a.k.a. on-air talent with the sunglasses on every single day, whether it's sunny or otherwise, Mr. Golden Voice himself, Walter Eunice. Yeah. Walter, what's happening? It's funny you should mention the uh, sunglasses. I, again, am battling a nasty, nasty contact issue today. Uh, I have new contacts that are supposed Ooh. to be delivered uh, between Monday and Wednesday this week. Today's Tuesday. I think that falls in between. Uh, no show. So I am battling a bad left contact. I will, you know, I'll play through it. I'll play through it. A little adversity never hurt. Um, I, too, got to uh, participate with a little bit of construction mm. with the uh, tarps, off, tarps Off crew. Oh. It's an, it's a, we could do a whole podcast there. Oh, God. No problem. They're so green, so stupid. So green. And, and Love them. The way that, uh, like, you know, you send them down a measurement. I think it was 21 and five eighths and the board comes back up and you throw it down. And, and just as a patient coach, father, like trying to teach your, your, your kids and their friends, something you, you calmly send it back down and say, Nope, that's 22 and a half. And uh, the way Cameron looks up at you and he's got one hand in his pants course yeah yeah keeping yeah. keeping everything warm and loose look of bewilderment bewilderment yeah and then he, and then he looks at leaf yeah then he looks at leaf he looks at leaf seriously he looks at leaf yeah seriously how do we put that up you know so yeah other than that uh uh did a muni job um i know they're always tight with the purse strings but they made oh, yeah. it, they managed to spend 60 dollars a 63 dollars a square foot for a uh, brazilian hardwood mm-hmm. uh, it's called ipe and uh, they just they decided that uh, their new dock at the uh, heavy, heavily trafficked Beach Lake would require Ipe uh, handrail and tow kick all the way around, and uh, it really makes me think what our municipal leaders um, are. You know who's who's balancing the books. It's not Steve Glines. Couldn't you use tricks in that situation? A hundred percent. I mean, a hundred percent. You can carve your name and probably for for for, for literally seventy five percent less. 
He absolutely could have, and I'm telling you right now, Steve Blinds would have never put uh, Brazilian Ipe on a dock at Beach Lake. True. But other than that, nothing. Hang they're, out. They're worth it. Well, I, I was going to say that the podcast, the mom podcast, interesting to note that that was the first time I think ever we got out F-bombed by the one gal <laughs> there. She uh, she was letting him roll quite uh, often, and uh, not that I have a problem with it, obviously, but... Uh, but the mom, I thought it went good. I thought it was a good, um, won't be, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with them. It won't be as good as today, but, um, but we got, we did get F-bombed. And the other thing is I am really excited, more excited, again, no offense, ladies, but for the rookie <sighs> mom panel sponsored by Lululemon. How are we on the Lululemon uh, sponsorship? Are we anywhere on that one? Steve? Yeah, uh, corporate headquarters are apparently in uh, Belgium, so I think I'm going to take the DNC corporate jet over there, boys. <clears throat> we'll go over the uh, financials later, but... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they did great. Points. I can't wait to see that all-rookie team. And then we'll have the, the battle axes, which will be fun. They, don't, they do not like that term. <laughs> I, they I think, do not like the term. Think, My I, wife does not like the term battle axes. Can, uh, can we get Marlboro Reds to sponsor <laughs> that one? Is that a possibility or no? Uh, I'm going to no comment on that. No comment, Shonda. No comment. Uh, to my left, the big ginge, Kenny Holmberg. What's up, buddy? Not much. I don't have a good fun story to tell this week. Um, I do know that it seems to be a going trend, though, that Reed is going to chirp the shit out of me here. He's going to have some fucking story that he he oh. prepped over the last week. I got nothing. Whether I was going to be kind. I mean, I'll, I can. You oh, be, yeah. oh, be kind. You were going to be kind? Yeah. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna sewer myself on this one. That's fine. The other day you said that anything like anything that had to do with me just seemed to fall in your lap. It was so easy for it's been easy so far. I mean, you wear the lobster shorts to swim in. Boom! You're trying to you know <laughs> suck up to that guy. That's fine. I'm fine with it. I don't care what you do. But I figured you'd chirp me for the done. seltzer, throwing Martin's RV batteries backwards. Something. Come now on. that you mentioned that RV batteries, are you not an air, uh, aircraft mechanic? I, uh, an out of work one too, by the way. Anybody? So maybe hiring, you're a little rusty. Not a good spot. A little rusty. You, yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah. The, Three months. Oh, by the way, so I got like five different blisters in my hand right now, right? <laughs> From sitting at home, beaten off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they call those calluses, not blisters. No, they were calluses, and now they're not. All that time off has softened my hands. Well, I mean, it's a positive, negative situation. So you just—I thought you—I thought that was universal. Maybe. Well, and then earlier, Plus sign, so here's the day. Sign. Well, Red and black. Well, Dorito probably blew his load too, because earlier we were down here having a pre-pod meeting at OMR, and he goes. I, you know, I was telling him that the craft beer IPA hazies and shit like that give me headaches, and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, you know." Uh, they say that, uh, you know, hops really affect people with uh, high estrogen content in their body. <laughs> I said that among friends. You're yeah, saying, ah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, you know put what it was, on. Put it on. Yeah, the what leaky gonna, nipples are. What I was going to say, give, Ging, giveaway. Ginge is a little bit of a musician. He's a lot, yeah. a lot of musician, I'm a actually. little bit. I'm a um, little bit of a big guy musician. I'm an armchair musician. We, we, we like the same music. We like a lot of metal. So I'm like, I was going to ask you what kind of is in your wheelhouse right now. I was going to say CD player. You can't say anymore. But what's in your, I guess, playlist? You don't have a compact days? disc player? Oh, I got an old Philips one. I got an old yellow Walkman from back in the day when you put the cassette in. Perfect. Uh, so... You know me. I'm a big. You know, I don't strike you as a big metalhead, right? So, but I am, right? So it's like seven string guitars tuned way down Ooh. with an asshole load of distortion on them. 
That's you're your gonna get house. you're gonna get a Trump thumb out of me on that one. Nice. So uh, there's a band called Wage War. Been listening to a lot of them, and uh, been listening to a lot of Luke Combs. Switch it up a little bit. She got the best of me. Yeah. So, but I mean, it was, great jam. The other day, I had uh, got re- got reminded of our podcast with Brock Lindell a long, long time ago, pre-COVID. Actually, right when COVID right when was COVID started. Out. Remember, he didn't know whether we were going to shake hands yeah, or what. That's right. We, we probably shouldn't have. We hugged. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a Katy Perry song pop up, "California Girl." That's a good one. I like that one. So, anyways, yeah. You know, is the Trump thumb similar to the brown thumb, or is that a different? It's much. Altogether. It's much shorter. Okay. Shorter thumb. All right. Well, gotcha. I I had a little. Uh, uh, Sutton, my son Sutton's buddy uh, Taylor Raffidel, he's a bass player in a band called Atlas, local band. Check him out, screamo metal, great stuff. Um, he he put us on this band called Sleep Token. So Sleep Token is kind of like an alternative metal band. So he he, uh, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna call Brock Linda right. I'm gonna text him right now and say, Brock, you should be checking this band out. Learned a lesson here. I'm like, Brock, you'd like these guys. He's like, ah, yeah. Brock answers back. Yeah, I've been listening for some time. In fact, uh, I'm part of the reason I got uh, signed to what, Spine Chank Records or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah. He yeah. big-dicked you. Oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> Thanks for the one-upper, uh, Brock, if you're listening. Uh, and, yeah, stay, I'm going to stay in my lane after that. No more. I'm not, not going to do that. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, – check them out. Check them out. Sleep Token. Crazy stuff. Um, executive producer, the guy with the orange hat that says, make TW great again. Mr. Steve Glines, what's up, Steve? Favorite day of the week, recording, boys. Uh, yeah, there is so much going on in my life right now, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, let's start with the Make TW Great Again. Uh, it's orange. It's uh, it's orange on orange. Very and orange. Uh, we're in a political year, and I'm not gonna, we're not going left or right here. We don't do that um, until we do. But um, obviously, it's a play on words, uh, T-Dub being trustworthy hardware, um, one of our sponsors for the Eagle River Hockey League. So we're ramping up for that. Um, you know, out of 365 days a year, there's probably, I'd take maybe two and a half off between all my hobbies. I love you, Aaron. That's my wife. Um, so, yeah, we got the studio build going as well. Uh, dump a change. Uh, I don't know where to begin with that. We'll just take the week off from the update. Uh, Is it Lonely Mountain Construction? <laughs> I thought it Can was Brokeback Mountain Construction. Broke? No, I, I can't remember. I, I'm... I'm no. Well, you know, yeah, so uh, Lost Mountain Construction. Lost Mountain, sorry. Lost Mountain, it's a 50-50 it. partnership. Um, old man uh, Steve Gertz, the father of, uh, <clears throat> well, I don't know where he falls. Is he an EHL or is he Cream Leaguer? Do he we go there? Line. Do, do we go there yet? We, we might line. touch on that later. Anyway, uh, uh, prominent hockey player from Eagle River. He's a little confused in his life right now. He's, you know, he's hammering nails and deciding... Uh, which side of the river he's going to be playing? And which hair products he's going to use on any given day? Obviously, that's got to come into question. At it some looks point. like he's bulking for the season. <laughs> he is. He, well, the thing is, you bulk up early and then you shred. Right, then you shred. Then you shred. So he's, I mean, he's getting ready. That. He's prepping for shred season. Okay. Okay. Well, I tell you what, most construction guys they they really lean down in the summer, but. Uh, when you when you work from nine forty five and you're wrapping your cords up at about two fifteen, <laughs> you know I don't know I don't know I'm sorry that was a little shot. Uh, love you guys because the product is amazing. Hey, other than the finished product is other than Gertzy, I mean they're quality. not uh, you know old man's not he's not young he's he's like me he's old it's, it just takes a toll on your body so what? you only move as fast as you can move. So. I'd like to pike uh, you know poke more fun of them, but they're, they're doing a heck of a job. And, and, and in reality, it's it's July, and we're sitting here once again, boys. It's seventy five degrees. We're in Studio One Point Oh. 
the bay doors are up and, and i'm wearing a black shirt awesome. yeah and um, blue jeans um one more question did your wife aaron ever finish the cedar jungle gym that i've actually been consulted on twice now yeah it's is it done? I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't poke around to see how many and if bolts it is and nuts done, were How many nuts and bolts <laughs> are, are left, left over? <laughs> Those weren't important. <laughs> well, we're at substantial completion, as uh, Walter might be the only one at the table that knows what that means. But um, so we haven't had our final inspection and, and a punch list. So I, I think when we're done here, we're, and uh, yeah, because they're out of the seventeen thousand nuts and bolts, we got it easy. Yeah, four hundred ninety nine. <laughs> so we might take a look at that later. But thanks to the uh, the tarps off boys and uh, you know their uh, their consultant. Rito, because we got through it, and Paisley, little Paisley, is just loving the shit out of it. She already using it. it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No yeah, inspection yeah. needed, just to get around there. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> close enough. All you need is a land use permit in Eagle River, anyway. <laughs> yeah, know that. exactly. Um, engineer and Kevin, hey, uh, the new guy doing an absolute bang up job here in the pod. Nice uh, job. Is it private hail now? Private hail. Private hail. After the uh, the uh, little haircut there, the haircut. but uh, you basically just take tech and make it your bitch. I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm very impressed because I I'm not that guy at all. Well, but, uh, but before that, you're still on probation, so don't get <laughs> don't get too freaking happy because you can be cut. Adi- well, additionally, you have a hooded we're gonna sweatshirt talk about, on. It's 80 degrees out here. Yeah, we're gonna talk about sweaty. we're gonna talk about the KHL here at, at some point. You could be fired like during the podcast. I think maybe I don't know. You know, From like, what I hear. Before we move on, I do want Maybe to do one uh, one shout out to the uh, Odd Man Rush Invitational Golf Tournament. That is the same Odd Man Rush that sponsors the studios. Uh, this year's tournament was the ninth annual. It uh, benefits the uh, uh, Coach Mac Memorial Scholarship Fund out, out of uh, Chugiak High School. Uh, normally, it's the first Saturday every year after Memorial Day due to the 2020. Thank you very much. Fuck off. Um, August 1st. Settlers Bay, um, the deadline for grandfather, grandfather defined as anybody that played last year, uh, captains only. We got uh, 36 teams, 144 golfers. Reminder, the deadline to keep your grandfather clause, uh, July 11th, guys. So this uh, pod's going to drop, I believe, July 1st. Uh, you got 10 days, or guess what? You're, You're out. out. Is it true yeah. that the uh, Dump and Change podcast Please. will be sponsoring a team this year yes or no uh well that's a two-part answer uh no but they will be sponsoring the two beer carts gotcha <laughs> i don't know why we're having a dramatic end of, pause end there. of plug end of plug yep. Thank you. uh i've got a team in there I, I don't i'm not a big golfer um but uh i will be there chirping and uh Live broadcasting, live though? broadcasting. Maybe we get our own fun. cart, or maybe we, we have just our own cart. Maybe post just set up it. A, maybe, and, and I like to be a little mobile too, just to totally get out and see the people. But uh, if we're getting under somebody's skin, make sure we follow them a couple yeah. of holes. So, um, I just have one real quick story. I was not going to tell this story, but I kind of got forced into it. Oh, it's a great um, story. You know, and we, and we got a got a, a cream leaguer here. A couple, couple cream leaguers here. Cremates, right? Cremates. Cremates. Um, so I do the I do the Instagram for ERHL. So we have an intern. You guys should look into it. It's awesome. Um, so I've got an intern, and she comes to me and says, and she's just wholesome, as great kid. And she comes and goes, uh, uh, do you mind if I get your Instagram password and I'm gonna I'm gonna help you 
you know, post, whatever. I'm like, absolutely. You, you know how it is. It's like, yeah, it's like it's a, a job, you know? So you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So I give her the thing. She logs in. She knows how to do it better than me, but she's on it. About two hours later, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> shit. Um, I don't know how to put this. I follow a lot of influencers, <laughs> workout, yoga, I don't know, babes, maybe. Um, yeah, instantly just delete, 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 delete. Uh, yeah, yeah, lesson learned. For your uh, personal workouts, though, right? Well, you know, I just like the, it's hard. And you keep, you get in my age, it's hard, hard and hard to keep shape, especially when you like a couple of barley pops and whatever. It's just uh, anything new I can put in my routine. I'm, I'm always looking, always looking, never commenting. Read always looking. How many, how many <laughs> Instagram, Instagram accounts do you have? Uh, four, I think. Coach Matt Cup, Eagle River Hockey League, the brewery, and my own. And that's, yeah, so that's the Eagle River Hockey League is kind of like your burner account? It's your burner phone? <laughs> <laughs> for, for lack of a better word, I would agree with that one. And uh, so anyway, sorry about that, everybody. Um, and anyway, um, <laughs> I did want to touch on another thing that the NHL is ramping back up. And I'm not really sure where they're at because it's a moving thing. But oh. As I, as I was driving up here, they got a date scheduled for the beginning of training camp. Camp tenth, twenty eighth, twenty eighth now. So it's changing. Yeah. It's yeah. changing. So, and do they have the two cities picked yet? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I heard it's it's possibly switching to two Canadian cities. So it's yeah. going to be Toronto and Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, Vegas is out. Yeah, Vegas. yeah too many too many COVID yeah. cases apparently. Yeah, that's awesome. right. That's well, shocker. You, you be quiet. We don't want anybody to figure out who you are. Shocker. <laughs> So, I mean, any thoughts on the Airbags. plan? I mean, I think it's pretty cool. They're getting back into it myself. Yeah. I mean, people are hungry for it. If they can do it safe, obviously. It's going to be weird. We absolutely need it. I oh, mean, yeah. Got to have what it. A, what a time to, to have sports. We need it bad right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially the other sports are so wrapped up. And, and you know, rightfully or not, whatever their agenda is, but they're so wrapped up right now in, in being part of this movement or that movement or, or the right or the wrong side or whatever it is. And I saw something post the other day. The guy says, well, clearly I'm going to have to start watching hockey. They're the only ones that I can watch without getting an agenda jammed yeah. down my throat, you know. And I, and I agree. I agree 100%. Well, if you ever look, too, like it seems like in other sports there's guys who are like, I don't know if I want to come back. I don't know if I want to do it. You look at hockey, there's been one guy, Roman Polak. He's staying fucking check. All right, you can go do whatever you want. If you don't want to play, don't play. But there's been one guy in hockey. Everybody else has been like, let's go. Let's get yeah, on the there, ice. There's one yeah. thing about Roman Polak, though, and I've seen him in the shower, and that guy can say whatever he wants. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I, I, think we're, I think we're at Sweet. that point where we need to uh, uh, have Walter do the intro again. We're finding our way, and Walter, this is uh, this is in your wheelhouse and job description, uh, Walter. Yeah, this you is have a, the floor. Yeah, this is a this is a big one. A lot of these times, you know, you kind of go hockey DB and and you rattle off a bunch of stats and everything else. But uh, our 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 uh, our web of uh, you know FOPs, as I call them, friend of the pods, is getting bigger every interview, including this one. So you're able to reach out and you're able to get more personal stuff so you know it'd take it'd take probably 10 minutes to rattle off this guy's elite prospects profile but i did our next guy our next guest is a 91 and for those of you who don't know what a 91 is you got to tune into last week's episode where the moms explain to you what that means i'm a 68 <laughs> i'm a 76 uh born in anchorage alaska 
uh, where he ripped up West High. And I'm going to say two seasons, even though he was there for three. They only list two seasons. Um, from 07-09, he racked up 92 points and 96 PIMS in just 47 games. He also starred on the Anchorage North Stars 18 AAA team in uh, 2009 as well. 15 goals and 16 assists and 50 PIMS in only 16 games. Two years in the BCHL, one year in the USHL, three years at Penn State where he was a Big Ten All-Star in 2014 and 15 before becoming the first NHL player from the Nittany Lions. After notching six games with Toronto and his first NHL goal on a nasty backhand redirect tip from Dion Phaneuf against none other than... Carey Bryce. 2016-17 AHL uh, All-Star. One season in the KHL. Can't wait to talk about that. ECHL, Swedish Pro League. A friend calls him a smooth operator with a big golf swing. And rumor has it he enjoys taking Timmy Wallace's money. One of the founding fathers of Penn State uh, pro- hockey program, or at least that's what the hallway outside the locker room says. Six foot three, 194 pounds. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Casey Bailey. What an intro. Uh, thanks for having me. I think that 194 might be a little exaggerated. Uh, it might have been my Penn State weight, but uh, I'll take it for sure. Uh, well, welcome to the pod, man. I mean, like I said with... Every other stud like you we've had on, we're all big fans. Never met you before today, but um, we've all watched you uh, from high school. I think the last time I saw you play with my own eyes was probably at the MAC when you're playing either Eagle River or Chugiak. And no offense, uh, Walter probably ripped you, ripped you guys up a little bit. But uh, um, I'm so I'm so proud of you. Number one, I want to say that. So proud of this kid. Uh, awesome. Um, and you're still at it. Yeah, yeah, still kicking the can for sure. We'll find out. You know, I, that's a question guys like me hate getting asked. Kind of every summer is where you're going to be. And, and yeah, it, it's tough every year. I mean, I've got Timmy Wallace now that you mentioned earlier. He's, he's coaching a team down there in uh, England, and it would be a blast to play for him. He's reaching out and trying to get me there. But uh, we'll, we'll see where, uh, where it takes me. Probably need some money from all the money you take from him from what I hear. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Give some of that back. <laughs> Um, so as you know, you, you listen to a couple pods maybe, but, um, you know, this pod is, uh, we we're talking, uh, before, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's about Alaskan hockey and about preserving our culture, Alaska hockey. So we kind of start with your youth and kind of grow up and, uh, I'm sure you've done dozens of interviews, um, and, and, and the NHL and the KHL stuff we'll get to, but, you know, we want to start kind of with your youth hockey in Alaska. Like, so what, you know, what got you into hockey? Did mom, did dad, dad play? Did like, who played? Or was it just you being a hockey nut? Yeah, dad wasn't much of a, a hockey player. He was a hockey fan. I think he played a little bit. He's a, he's a West High guy, too. He played a little bit. I have a jersey in my closet that looks like it's a seven-year-old boy's T-shirt with a number seven on the back. It's and, a real sweater. Real yeah, I mean, sweater. He's, a, he's a men's league superstar now, he'll tell you. Nice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think. Family was kind of embedded in our family. My my brother was a great player. I, I had a lot of pride and respect watching him growing up, and kind of he was a role model for me coming up. Yeah, so uh, hockey, you know, coming up from Alaska, that's the sport to play. I played every other sport, but but hockey was the main focus growing up. But yeah, in terms of our family, it was it was always hockey first. So your your brother is named Kyle. Kyle, we got that in common. I got a little brother named Kyle, older brother, little brother. Um, what is your kind of earliest hockey memory you remember? What's your earliest hockey memory of, like, you can dig back and say, hey, I remember this day. 
Yeah, so I, I grew up in Turnigan, but my family moved right near the Westchester Lagoon when I was, say, five or six years old. And my first memory is, is skating down there with, with my brother and dad. And, and kind of, you know, there's a picture of it, and I'm wearing, you know, probably my brother's hand-me-down gear, and it doesn't fit me. But, uh, you know, I have a huge smile on my face, a Jofa helmet, white cage. It's, it's a great photo. But, yeah, that's my first hockey memory was kind of down at Westchester Lagoon. You know, right in the walk backyard, from, basically. Yeah, yeah, walk there from the house. So that was a, a good start for me. That's awesome. So when you're when you're a youth, what are the some of the coaches and kind of teams you played for? And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of yeah. Growing up, it was Bill Cohen. I I don't know if you've heard a lot about him, but it was six a.m. Uh, and it was a full hour of of skating lessons, pretty much, and it was miserable. Yeah, I remember my mom tying me tying my skates on the way. She's yeah. driving the car with her knee and. And my incentive was I would get McDonald's uh, breakfast on the way home after the skate, and and we're going there, and we're you know going goal line to goal line, doing C cuts and and knee downs and you name it. So yeah, it started with uh, Bill Cohen. I was the guy at the back of the line. I was always messing up the drills. I was always getting yelled at. Kind of growing up through squirts, got uh, kind of started developing my game. Got an opportunity to play up with uh, Bill Dubinsky. Played with guys like uh, William Rapuzzi, probably guy, biggest name from that team that's still playing. Uh, you know, then came up through. I never really had a team. I grew up through the All Stars, but never really had like a affiliation with them or anything. I, I played with the North Stars, went back to the All Stars, went back to the North Stars, and kind of just followed where I thought the best team was, and I thought I had the most. And, yeah, 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 the best coaching, most fun, where my buddies were. So. Yeah. That's kind of how. So, so Bill Cohen, he's kind of he's intense guy, right? Oh yeah. So, quick story. I didn't, I didn't know you knew Bill, but um, when I was 16, Bill and Mark Cohen are playing on the Pussy Willows. This is a, uh, it's like a summer team out of Bokey. I'm like, I'm, Sick I'm, I'm name. my dad gets me on the team, and those guys were like, they were like JJ, especially Bill. If you didn't put the fucking puck right where he wanted it, it was just an earful. And as a six-year-old kid, you're like, "Yep, yep, sorry, sorry." And dude, that's that's funny because yeah, I try it. At I like learned. Six I learned. Seven years old, whatever that was. I good was, God! Nobody was, pulls that shit on the dude, pussy willows. Come on, man. <laughs> he was he was this intense, and I learned so much. You learn to keep your mouth shut and like, hope you put the puck where he wanted it and didn't get yelled at. Yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah, he created some good hockey players for sure. But yeah, you can't say too many bad things about him but i yeah I, I loved playing for the guy i think he did a lot for my youth career and making me get to that stage where i could go up and play with with older guys well he uh yeah i, I gotta say he did that for me although i didn't have yeah, quite your career uh he was a, he was he's a beauty and just an intense dude and uh i'll not, never forget that i hadn't thought about that in probably 20 years when I mean, you said that name unbelievable um so you go all the way up we got to talk about the uh your triple a North Star team. Yeah, so I think I think you got to start with with Fred Braden is when I, I kind of played up a year with the North Stars names of uh, like Corey Roy, AJ King, a couple cremates you just saw on their uh, their uh, Instagram account there. But no, I, I had a really good season. He kind of embedded that junior mentality into us, and we he kind of I, I never bonded so well with the team. We went on road trips and we we rented a bus and we bussed from city to city, and it was a blast, and we bonded so much. And it kind of made you love and f fall in love with that lifestyle. So, I, you know, I owe a lot of credit for him. He kind of convinced me that I could do really good things along the wall and, and I could protect the puck well and help me 
kind of grow my game with that. And then, and it went from that to Rick Trupp came in and I was playing with his younger, youngest son or not youngest. I think it's, he's got five or whatever kids, but Hayden, you know, I played with Hayden and that was my last year at triple a with the, with the North stars. And Rick was a big part of actually kind of my junior career got kickstarted. Yeah. Well, Trupper's such a good, good dude and such a great hockey. I've never played for him, but seems to be a great hockey mind. I mean, yeah, I mean the guy, the guy, he he did a, he did a lot for me. I mean, Fred kind of embedded those, the the love for the game and and kind of helped me find my game, and make me realize that I could, you know, maybe excel outside of Alaska, and then Rick kind of had that experience already outside of Alaska. And he kind of, you know, he, he's, he's known around the hockey world and was able to kind of get me out there and expose me to, to other teams and realize that I could do something outside of Anchorage or Alaska in general. Yeah. So is that, is that how you ended up in the BC league? Yeah. So that's, that's a funny story. So I, I tried out for, I think four junior teams that season. I went to Indiana ice's camp and I don't think I made the all-star game. I went to an NA camp. Uh, I think it was kind of, I was kind of winding down. And he, he gave a call to somebody in Alberni Valley and he said, Hey, you got to check this kid out. And I went to Minnesota hockey camps two weeks before that did this like intense, crazy training that like, you know, at my age, wasn't something we completely had figured out in Alaska yet. And, and I did that. I went to the camp and I signed, I was the first guy to sign with the team in three days, you know, I ended up being on one of the best. We set some records in the BCHL yeah. that year. I think we, we set a record for road wins that year and ended up losing in the later rounds of the playoffs but yeah like a really good first introduction to juniors for me for sure and that that's what that's what good coaches do they use those connections and trepper obviously he's from a little place called penticton that place sucks yeah heard of it it's horrible yeah. horrible it's the opposite end of the lake is Kelowna. Another, yeah that's another, that's another terrible too. spot uh, to be yeah ew um he's the uh, coach in chief for uh usa hockey for the state of alaska does an awesome yeah. job Trepper's he does an outstanding unbelievable. job unbelievable um so what's it like being, well, you're obviously from Alaska, but you go down to Port Alberni on Vancouver Island. That's got to be like, the place beautiful, a lot yeah. like home. Yeah, it's, it's a very unique area. You're, you're, you're taking a cruise ship from, from different yeah. port to port. And then, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun in the league. I was, you know, a young kid on a really good team. We had, you know, David Drzezinski is a guy who never, he, he cracked the NHL for a little bit, but never really stuck. But a hell of a player. I think he was one of the first guys to ever sign out of, the BCHL directly into the American Hockey League in the next year. I think he played in Binghamton and, you know, put up 60 points the next year or something from I was playing with him the year before in the BCHL. So you realize the kind of talent we had on that team. Uh, Mark McMillan brothers were on our team, and we had a really good team. And, uh, yeah, I went back the next year. I was kind of like a younger third-line winger. So, uh, so wait, you left as a as a senior? Yeah. So, so you I, left as a senior. Kids? I left as – Pay attention. Yeah, I saw your rant on Instagram. I think it was yesterday <laughs> or two days ago. This guy is fired up about this situation. And I, I kind of get upset about it, too, when I see guys leaving. You know, if you're going to leave Anchorage or Alaska, I believe you should make sure if you're going to go somewhere, go to a team that has a chance to, to win a national championship and you know you belong or you're too good to be here. If you're – yeah, I mean, yeah, I can we can go on right, about that right. for forever. But anyways, we'll skip that. Yeah. But, uh so yeah, I went. I, I was the first year. I was kind of a third line winger, like producer guy. I, had, I think I had 13 goals that year, playing playing on the third line. And the next year, I came back and I was, you know, I was top line guy. And I, I put up, 
you know, I think a point per game or, or more that second year in the BCHL. And then I ended up getting drafted to Omaha in the USHL. Uh, Bliss Littler was the coach there. And um, so, yeah, I remember he called me and he drafted me. And he kind of, you know, he kept reaching out. And I, I kind of had this connection with Alberni Valley and the BCHL. It's such a unique city. It's such a uni- uh, unique league. I had a really good relationship with my billet parents. And I felt like it was a team that kind of stuck their leg out for me and gave me a chance. And I kind of, it was funny at the, at the last second before main camp in the USHL, I, I called bliss and say, I'm not coming 9am. My flight was at like 10. I told my parents, I'm like, Hey, I'm not going, I'm, I'm staying in Alberni Valley. Cause I have their owner, the coach calling me like, Hey, we want, we need you. We need you, we back. Need you yeah. back. And, and I felt like I owed something to him. And I, and I eventually, you know, and I kind of had maybe a little bit of doubt in my head. Like, you know, I do really well in the BCHL, but can I take that to the USHL? And I kind of had a little bit of doubt and it actually, my wife now, Anna, Anna Bailey, Anna Cartwright, a hockey family girl. I met her that summer and she went to, to school at Colorado state and it was an easy $90 flight for her to go to Omaha. Decision made. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry. To date so a big reason why I ended up in Omaha was because of my now wife and Thanks, ended up, babe. ended up going to Omaha and you know, it was, it was a good relief for me cause I went there and I had a really good year and I proved that I could decent year. Yeah. I, you decent know, year. Yeah. And I proved that I could, I could do well in that league and ended up getting a scholarship to Penn state really early. And as a 20 year old, you know, that and, second uh, year in the BC, you did make a big jump, but your U S your USHL year was even better. The point of game. Even, yeah. Even yeah. better. 60, 60 games, 27 goals, 32 assists, 83 penalty minutes. Yeah, that was a funny story. So, like I told you, I told I called Bliss Littler and I said, "Hey, I'm not coming," and he called me back two weeks later. He said, "Hey, that make that makes me want you more because you're you're loyal to the team that you're at." And I go there, and about two months in, unfortunately, he gets canned. And Ben Robert was the uh, manager owner at the time, and he actually brought me out to dinner because I was, you know, you're a 20 year old, you're older amongst those 16, 17 year olds that are kind of on the team, and I was kind of the veteran on the team. And he brings me in and he's asking me about the coach. And I, I'm not a kind of guy that's going to throw a guy under the bus. This is his livelihood. This is his family. So I didn't say anything. I'm, hey, this is your team. He's playing me. I have no problem with it. Like, I'm still getting the ice time. You do what you got to do. He ends up getting fired after two months. And we bring in a, a new coach. Our assistant coach becomes the head coach. And he basically yep. hands the team to, like, us veteran players. There was a time in the USHL where I would, like, I wanted to go on the ice. I looked behind my shoulder and, I could go, yeah, like when I wanted to be on the ice, I was on the ice. So Is that Mike Akins? Yeah, Mike Akins. So I, I get pulled in, and he's, he's a good coach, but he also, you know, he relied on us veteran guys, and, you know, we had a good smart man feeling for the league. And, yeah, and when I, yeah, when us guys felt like we wanted to get on the ice, we kind of were able to control our ice time, and that was a lot of fun that year. <laughs> Player coach Reg Dunlop yeah. right here. Yeah. No, because like Mike Aikens from Rochester, Minnesota. I yep. played juniors in Rochester. They don't have a team anymore. But he was a younger guy. He was a couple years. I think he played the year after I left there. But great guy. I, lo- I love Mikey. Great yeah, I guy. think he was coaching Avon Farms before he came to Omaha yeah. there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So good dude. So a um, little different scenery in Omaha than, than uh, Vancouver Island. Yeah, it's a different Omaha. league. I mean, the BCHL is great, but the, the USHL has that almost professional feeling and when I was living in Omaha we had a city downtown Omaha I would you know be in my suit grab a Starbucks right in downtown you felt like you were playing and you know a professional hockey league it was a lot of fun 
See, I'm not sure when that changed because when I played in the USHL, it was not like that. Yeah, it was, it was not anywhere near that. But at some point, I'm not sure when that was, but definitely when you got there, it was the it's the play, and it continues to be. It's, it's, it's a well place machine, yeah. to play. I mean, you play in the USHL, you almost write your ticket to a D1 program. Yeah, I absolutely. Right? I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Everybody I, above 95. percent Yeah, everybody yeah. on your team is is going somewhere. And, somewhere. and and has options. Not like it's not like one team wants them. They got options. So the the Bliss, I, I I ran to Bliss when I was uh, right out of college. I go to Vail and I assistant coach for five thousand dollars per year, mind you. Uh, vale Avalanche in the American Frontier Hockey League. He was coaching Billings. He was the son of a bitch. He had a fucking huge team, nasty. We it was it there, and we were both pretty good. It was just battles, but uh, a lot of respect for that guy. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know he got fired that year, but yeah, uh, but was, he's still kicking around. He's yeah, still, is he still in Wenatchee? Wenatchee, well, yeah. then he stepped down as coach. Now he's, he's still the GM, but okay. um, but no, what a great dude. That yeah, unbelievable. Is. He, Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in Omaha the way he kind of pursued me and kept me there. That's so, crazy. yeah, so, so Aikens t- takes over that year and, and coaches the rest of the year? Yeah, and, and we win our division. We're a great team, and, you know, we end up facing a Waterloo team who – I still think it's ridiculous. You know, it's a pristine league, and they've got this tiny, quick team built, and they're on this Olympic ice sheet, and they play to their advantage. You're playing a best-of-five series, and they're getting three of those games at home. And, yeah, I mean, I could – yeah, of course I'm complaining. Like, right. I think we're going to win more. But, yeah, I think they build a team for their rink, and it ended up working out for them. They steal a game on the road, and then they're they're laughing. Well, you guys never played in the uh, Sioux City rink when it was oh, the original did. Sioux City rink. Yeah. Small one? No, no, not small. Dude, Sioux City. Unbelievable. Sioux Falls. But the Sioux City rink used to come across, and that's not shit. No shit. You come across the blue, uh, the red line, and it's, if you have a good shot, take it. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> we got B, we got B issues. B's again. Poor Pete. Poor, poor Pete. Get gonna, him his EpiPen. So, um, so you're, you're in Omaha. You say, you said you, you committed pretty quick. Yeah. So I, it's. The USHL has that, I'm not sure exactly what they call the tournament. It's like the season kickoff, but it's, the, you know, the preseason games. At least it's called the a, Buck Bowl. Now it's called, is it in Pittsburgh? Now it's called the It was. It was actually Fall in Classic. Sioux City when we Life played change. it. Oh, really? Yeah, so we played in this tournament, and uh, I was in a little bit of contact with Penn State at the end of my BCHL with Alberni Valley that uh, that season. And I'm, I was speaking with their assistant coach and then their head coach, Guy Godowski, Alaska Ties, coached in yep. uh, Fairbanks, UAF. Yep. Uh, he came down and, and he talks to me and, uh, you know, he's by far my favorite coach till this day. Awesome. But, you know, I meet him then and, and he he tells me how much he likes me. He wants to bring me out to Penn State. And small kid from Alaska, you get the visit to Penn State. You go to this giant school that has more people at it than probably this you know, the city of Anchorage and it's, you know, you're kind of awestruck by the, the situation we go to, a, you know, they, I can't tell those stories, but we have a good visit (laughs) and, uh, and yeah. And I, the rest is history. I think I had some more interest from some other schools and they kind of put the, the pressure on me to, to commit. I think I had a, I had a, I had a visit lined up with BU and, uh, and, uh, Michigan, uh, not Michigan State. It was uh, not Michigan Tech. Western Michigan. Western sorry. Michigan. 
So yeah, and that was that was one that kind of hurt me. The coach there was was offering to have Steve Eiserman come meet me while I and I was huge Red Wings fan yeah, growing up, heard, and yeah. he he was offering Steve Eiserman to come meet me on my <laughs> visit and and talk to me about it, and that was a huge one to to let go of. But yeah, Penn State kind of put the pressure on me, and they said, hey, you're you're not to commit now, or we're gonna give your scholarship to somebody else. And I had such a good time. It seemed I I enjoyed the coaching staff, and they Pagula wasn't built at that time. They threw the VR. You know, technology these oh, days. To, sh- like, to show you what the rink was going Yeah, I do the cool. VR, and I walk through the rink, and, and they show me kind of what it's about to be. And, you know, you go there, and you're standing over it, and they actually already have shovels in the ground, and it's getting started, so you know it's something. And you kind of – it's a different feeling when you're in Penn State. It's like those people just bleed blue and white. It's it's crazy. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different world. And, yeah, I, I definitely don't regret that decision at all. It's the best – three years of my life for sure well great great decision obviously i mean just your admiration for your coach uh alone is Kudowski's he's real good guy i mean i've only heard good things about the dude i mean he's, he's awesome he's been at it a long time it was the fall classic by the way you're right yeah the way change it they used to be a buck bowl now it's fall yeah. classic. they change it um but uh this is funny so i'm i'm watching video review today in my office on the clock Maybe, maybe not. Um, it's all right. They and I'm, and I'm, I'm watching this one, and, and I'm thinking to myself, as I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck's a Nittany Lion? Like, what the oh. I mean, I've heard it I've heard it my whole life, and never, I'm like, what the hell is it? As I'm saying it, you are on the ice, and the guy stops the play-by-play, and he kind of goes, Johnny, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You know what a Nittany Lion is? And the guy's like, ah, it's mountains, mountain Nittany. Yeah, it's a mountain lion. Yeah, it's, a cougar. So it's a mythical creature that while uh, while you're doing while I'm, I'm listening to this you pot a gino right there boom and they come back oh bailey's got you guys playing rit or somebody i think but um yeah didn't never knew what a nit line you learn something new every day I, yeah nitney the, the nitney mountains overlook the campus yes. so so how how i want to know um so you're coming into i mean we joke about being a founding father but you guys or like the first team that's going to be jump, make that jump to major D one. So the first year you guys are independent and then you jump to the big 10. Yeah. But, but, but either way you guys are jumping to, a, to be a major division one. I, I mean, what's that like being on the ground floor of that? Is there any pressure to, yeah, it was interesting. You know, you go in and you were playing out of their, their, you know, club division one team facilities and rank at the time. You don't have a locker room where you know your team separated in two different locker rooms. You're in like, if you're looking at uh, say Ben Bokey two and the two <laughs> dressing rooms to the left, that yeah. are tiny, no room. But you got your vision goggles on. You're like VR got VR oh, yeah. yeah, got yeah, yeah. coming, and it yeah. didn't matter when you left the rink. The, yeah. the campus is unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, so the first years on you know it's a little bit different. We're playing Division three teams. We're playing club teams, but we do get. I think I'm not sure what the exact number was, but we do get a handful of Division One games that year, and we had some pretty big wins. We beat Ohio State, we beat Wisconsin, we beat nice. I think Michigan State, and yeah. So half our team was guys on the club hockey team transferring or graduate graduating. More guys coming in, and uh, yeah, I mean that year was a lot of fun because we kind of had to have you know we were able to have a little more fun than an actual division one right, team. Right, no pressure, kind of. Exactly, you know, you have a you have a club hockey team coming in that weekend, and they're going out on Friday and Saturday night. You know, they they can they can go out and 
and we didn't live that exact lifestyle, but we still had a more lenient lifestyle than say an actual division one hockey team. So we had a lot of fun that freshman year and we had a lot of guys that were really excited to play against those Wisconsin's and Michigan States and, and Ohio States. Yeah. And you saw what was about to come and then, yeah, then you fast forward to our sophomore year and we're, we're walking into Pagula and this place is amazing. You know, it's, it's a hockey player's dream. You've got a shooting area, you've got a beautiful gym, you know, two ice sheets and sold out crowd every night. It's, it's kind of what you hoped what would happen when I was putting those VR glasses on. So yeah. So sophomore year, I kind of had a little bit of slump and uh, I ended up, I think tallying nine or 11 goals that year or something like that. Dash 21. Dash 21. That's fine. But you're playing first year in the big 10. I think we were losing games pretty bad. You killed. That's, you, that, you, that's a good. That's a good. That means I'm on the ice more. Yeah, right, right, uh, exactly, exactly. But yeah, eating so, up minutes. You killed. You killed it though. The, your first and third year. Yeah. So, so first year had a great year. Second year had a little bit of a sophomore slump, and then junior year I I I went to uh, an NHL camp after my sophomore year and had some success there, like a development camp with some younger guys, and, that's, and I gained some confidence. And I go into my junior year and I have a great year. You know, I'm I'm the goals just keep coming. They kind of start. I didn't score in the first game, but we had a shootout and I went like bar down harder than I ever been bar down in my life. And it kind of gave me the confidence that like, okay, you're like, you're good enough to be like one of the studs in this division or this league. And it kind of just took off from there and it kept going and it kept rolling. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you get all these, you know, NHL teams coming in and they're saying they're going to sign me for forever. It was, I was going to go to Buffalo. Pagula owned Buffalo. Pagula, you know, started Penn State, bought the arena. So I'm kind of in my head, kind of January, Buffalo's going to sign me. Buffalo, you know, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. We get to the end of the year, you know, we lose Ohio State in the Big Ten playoffs, season's done. Buffalo backs out. Buffalo tells my agent, uh, yeah, like, you know, we're going we're gonna to pass on him. We you know we'll give him an American League deal, but we're not going to give him a shot right in the NHL. And I'm at the position where I'm having such a good time and I love Penn State. I'm not going to leave for an American League contract. And then I have a couple other teams coming in. You know, you know, we're not going to give them NHL games. Out of nowhere, Toronto comes through. Like, are you kidding me? Original six-team Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. want you to come play and guarantee you games? So, like, how do you not take that opportunity? So, that yeah, that was that was the highlight. You know, my, my best friend Matt Thompson here, that's his – like you can't find a bigger Toronto Maple Leafs fan in Alaska. Matt Sundin jerseys all over. That's why he wore the ugliest number in the world, number two. But, but yeah. So like yeah, I get an opportunity to play for the Maple Leafs. Dream come true. I'm coming out of college, having a blast. Go to Toronto, awesome city. Different environment to come into the NHL. A team that's yeah. kind of, you know, the coaches just got all all fired. It's kind of interim coaches. But you go into a locker room, you're Phil Kessel, Dion Phaneuf. I know I got, I still have a text in my phone. I still have his number. I don't know. He might've changed it Dion Phaneuf, but like, that was like a, you know, that was like a welcome to the big leagues kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, it's Dion, your captain, like, welcome to the team. Let me know if I can do anything for you. Come that over, was come over a couple of beers. Yeah, exactly. And that was, that was a blast. You know, I got a party with Joffrey Lupul and, and all these guys and it was a great time, you know, ended up and then cherry on top. I score a game Saturday night, Saturday night in Canada. And I, and I score on, Carey Price. Price, you know, I finally, they, you know, fourth line, fourth line, fourth line. They put me on the third line and I'm playing with Lupul and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name, 
but Louisville's a big name here. And, uh, and I, and I score, you know, tipping a, a puck on Peter Holland, Peter Holland. Yeah. Sorry. I think he grabbed the puck. Yeah. Yeah. He did grab yeah. the puck yeah. for me. So yeah. So I'm playing on a line with, with Louisville and Holland and I, and I get, I had actually had like four or five chances, like first period of that game. I have like backdoor chances, two on ones. Like we're actually creating offenses at blast. And yeah, I, I tipped that puck in and I was like, you tipped it right. Like in my head, I'm like, you got to make sure you actually tip that. And I did. And then it was, and it was, yeah, not the best way to score your first goal, but Dude, at the end of the day, in. it was back end redirect. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then, in the highlight, it was Dion Phaneuf's 400th point. And he gives me really? the puck, Yeah, you know, instead of he, he doesn't take the puck and he gives me the puck and I still have that hanging. I'm going to put it in my house now. Cause I just closed nice. her. Not closed. I, I, yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> yeah. I saw you this morning, Walt, in a stressful situation trying, oh, yeah. to, trying to get a house here in Anchorage. But, uh, yeah, and still have that puck in my in my house to this day. That's so, yeah. Unreal. So I, I watched that a couple times today, well, well ten times. And um, I love how the camera goes <laughs> right to P.K. Subban. Yeah, 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 after it on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were yeah. a big Toronto fan, though. I was not a big Toronto fan. Huge Red Wings fan growing up, like I said. Steve Eisenman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how do you not like the Red Wings? You don't have a team. You're from Alaska. The Red Wings yeah. are absolutely amazing to watch, and it's all it's on TV pretty much. Yeah. How do you not love the Wings? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so but that, that was pushed to the side. And my first game against Florida, Yager's playing for Florida. I think my yeah. first shift, I'm lined up on the wing against Yager. I can't even look at him. I'm so nervous. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a dream come true. And well, so what, what, at what point, and this goes back a little bit probably, but what, at what point do you probably maybe as you're in a, in your juniors career or college career, you're like, dude, I can make a, I can make a living. I mean, I could go pro and, and do this. I mean, yeah. when, when is that point in your career? Yeah. So I actually, so I had, like I talked about those development camps. So after my freshman year, you were, I had a good freshman year, Boston invited me to the development camp, kind of lit up their development camp, all their draft picks all their their prospects I, you know i kind of had a good exit meeting with them i built confidence had a little bit of slump my sophomore year but still got a, a camp in calgary that year had a really good camp again i swear we did like this two-on-one drill and i couldn't stop going like corner in it was ridiculous yeah i was like i don't know what was like you know like a gift from god like right. he was just You're helping me yeah he was yeah. helping like everything i shot was going in so that was like kind of confidence for me. And then I have that year where everything just seems to be bouncing my way and going my way and I'm getting the opportunities and I have great line mates and it's just, you know, and then it's the interest comes in and I, you know, I agents trying to get me to sign with them and blah, blah, blah. And JJ, that's where JJ comes in. And my first, you know, my agent now actually Jeff Helperl without JJ, I don't really know who Jeff Helperl is, but JJ's, you know, kind of tells me you got to go with this guy. He's going to fight for you. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm going to fight you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Your choice. Your choice. Well, no, what do you so want? Yeah. What do you want, kid? So, yeah, I ended up getting an agent. And then, you know, like I said, I thought it was Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. And then a few teams, Buffalo backs in, a few teams come in with uh, American League offers. And they want me to come help them out in their American League playoffs. And I didn't want, I wasn't willing to leave school for that. And then Toronto comes out of the woodworks and, and gives me an opportunity. And, yeah, I think yeah, it was those two months with Toronto was an absolute blast. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I've never 
even. Did you finish? Did you wind up finishing your degree? Uh, I'm still taking. No, no, I, no I, you didn't. Did. I did not. I read that you did. No, that's, okay. that's fake news for fake sure. Fake news. But, CNN. But uh, yeah, no, I'm still actually, I'm pursuing that degree. I should, uh, on the, the path I am right now, I'll graduate next summer. So Sweet. Degree in? Marketing. I've actually switched about My man. five times. That's, right. that's what I did. <laughs> Look at me now. Yeah. So marketing, hopefully uh, summer 2021. So we'll see. Well, we'll be calling you. Yeah. For the brewery, maybe. Uh, we'll see. I, I do want to talk about um, when you're coming into Penn State, and uh, and I, I mean, time goes by, you kind of forget these things, but um, Jopa, unbelievable legend. That happens, that Sandusky stuff happens right before you come. Like, what does that, what what does it do to you, a guy, kid coming in? And that's... obviously, that's a football program. And and legendary, the guy's been there 61 years, and that whole thing drops. You guys are coming in. It's like holy shit. Yeah, it, it, that had to have an effect on, on yeah, the hockey so, program yeah. a little bit. Yeah, we got this. I got the same call from our assistant coach. Like, hey, how are you feeling about all this? You know, like as I'm supposed to be coming in the next year, and I see all the riots in the street, and I, you know, I hear about, you know, that terrible situation that happened, and you know, it really didn't go through my head like oh I shouldn't go to Penn State now I thought kind of it as a you know maybe it'll take a little spotlight off the football team and help the hockey team really oh, kind of rise nice. up so that's kind of my mentality I had about it. I never really had any questions about staying or going but yeah I mean that's a guy that still to this day that you know it's an I don't want to get into that situation no. but they really worship Joe Paterno there. As they he, should. Yeah, I mean, he Dude. was unbelievable. Like 61 he, years. Yeah, you, you build an absolute franchise and a, a dynasty team there in, in Penn State that just continues to have competitive teams year in and year out. And, yeah, I mean, that that city, and I that's a big reason. I You know, I liked – when I went to West, I liked going to the football games. I liked going to the basketball games. And I wanted to go to a college with that kind of atmosphere where I could go root for – I could go be a fan of yeah. other sports. Yeah. And I liked to go be a fan of the Penn State until they were going to make the tournament this year, finally. But, obviously, COVID. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I wanted to go to a school where I could root for, you know, a football team, a basketball team, you know. Penn State Athletics is bar none. They're the gold standard. They, you know, and a lot of that is because I, of Joe. I mean, yeah, I mean, you said that, they 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 bleed blue and white. But yeah, a lot of that's on him. And, yeah, mean, and they worship that guy. And and then people want to go there because it's a winning mentality and it's a it's a. That was just a shitty situation. Yeah, it's especially for Joe. Ob, yeah. it's a shitty, shitty situation. Yeah, let's not get into that anyway, at all. But yeah. Um, uh, he, I mean, he's that's one guy you looked at back in the day as a kid. And he's just such an he's, ever since you're a kid, been there 61 years. He's always been there, yeah. And he's the, one of the guys that you know you held up here, and, and just uh, yeah, just an unfortunate and I mean brutal. But uh, but it sounds like I mean I can tell. I looked at some interviews. I mean your time at uh, Penn State. You I mean that's you said it already. It's best three years of your life. I mean that's the college. I mean when you're with the same group for that long it's but it's not like pros where they come and go come and go you're, you're usually locked in with those guys that's a special thing yeah i mean yeah you talk to anybody who's played college hockey or been in that environment where you're with you know your freshman class with for me it was three years most guys four years or whatever and it's it's a different you know those are the guys those are your brothers those yeah. are you rely on those yeah. are you you know you go to your problems that's who you have your meals with that's who you hang out with all the time you don't have your parents you don't have your family there and yeah, I mean that was, uh, yeah, it was 
un, undeniably the best three years of my life. Still, some of my best friends to this day are my Penn State classmates and teammates. It yeah. was, you know, we, we built a real bond there. You're part of a, and you see them now, they're, they're a powerhouse. I mean, they had potentially a chance to win the national championship yeah. this year. They won the Big Ten, not last year, but two years ago. And they're, you know, they're the, the way they've come up as a team and they've, they figured it out. It's, it's been, it's awesome to be at the, the forefront of that and be a part of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm really close with Guy Godowski and I hope he, you know, I hope he kind of turns into the new Joe Pa of Penn State yeah, hockey. Absolutely. And I think he should. And I hope, and I think he wants to, I think he kind of might have pro aspirations. I maybe I shouldn't say that on that, yeah. but we've had some talks, but you know, he's, he's an unbelievable coach and he gets the most out of his players and, and players love to play for him. So I, I hope he stays there forever. And, and that place turns into, you know, the North Dakota of hockey. Yeah, no. Well, that that's a you mentioned North Dakota, and I'm kind of pissed at the Big Ten for blowing up the WCHA. Now it's being blown up again. But you know, back then it was uh, you know North Dakota, UMD, Michigan Tech, the University of Minnesota, Wisconsin, all these, and then you know. Big Ten comes in and ruins it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I hate to rip on that, but my, yeah, my my alumni can't do that. Michigan Tech can't do that. Yeah, it's too small. Yeah, the WHA. Yeah, I grew up watching the WCHA. I grew up watching the Seawolves, and and the Seawolves actually didn't offer me until after Penn State offered me, oh. and they offered me less. And it, yeah, and it, that and who, was who's, that was who was coaching there then? It uh, been, no, it was Shyak. Uh, Shyak, yeah, yeah, Dave Shyak. Dave Shayak at the time, who for some reason liked his Alberta and Canadian yeah. boys Canadian instead boy. of bringing. I remember, you know, like Matt or uh, Adam Murray told a story. He went, you know, ended up going to Denver. He was a great goalie, played for USA, you know, the development team. He wanted to come to UAA, and Shayak turned him off. And it was just like, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah, and then they build the rink. That's you know, they build the facility and they make it for basketball and volleyball. You know, I was listening to Gomez's podcast and he kind of ranted about it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I know that's out of my jurisdiction i didn't go to the school i don't really have a whole lot of connection with it but it's, as a it's, kid you do as a yeah, kid exactly. we all we all want to play up, exactly yeah. i wanted to be a seawolf and i grew up watching the seawolves but at the time this, the program was kind of going downhill when i was going you know and then the fact that they didn't wait to offer me and i went and i think i had like an unofficial visit with them after my first or second year with uh alberni valley and they you know they they didn't really offer me at the time but they said they were interested and yeah, it's just unfortunate that they weren't more targeted at Alaska kids at the time. Cause I knew my age group and the age group around me were very interested in coming back and playing yeah. for the, for the Seawolves. So it's unfortunate. I hope that program turns, cause we need them. We need a oh, big time. Yeah. We need the, the current Seawolves kids. I think the current kids want to play there. Yeah. Too, and like... I think they should, and I hope they do. And I hope they kind of turn this around and become a contender with Alaskan players you know, obviously you're going to need other players from other states and, well, and, they're, and countries. They're, talk, they're talking about uh, taking that facility, uh, the D2 volleyball facility, and <laughs> chopping back the bleachers and actually putting in a refrigeration system and possibly adding a hockey rink in there They're talk, is what I heard. And guys like Zach Plazinski, I mean, like, he, it was on his list. UAA was on his list. Absolutely yeah. on his list. Absolutely. Yeah. They, got, they got Zach Kranick, both two of your former players. They got yeah. Zach Kranick. That's a big get for them. Yeah, well, they're 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 doing it right now. I mean, they're getting guys well, like that coach Porter Shackle, Matt Curry, Tanner Shackle, I guess is unreal. Weeks, Weeksy, I mean, yeah. beauty. 
So yeah, okay. uh, holds the record. Yeah, most games than no. Yeah, it started five thousand or yeah, something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that is awesome, dude. River. Yeah, first yeah. game for the Kenai River was what sixteen years old. Yeah, it's crazy. But, but they're doing it right. Matt's doing it right. Matt's coaching, assistant coach to Kenai right now in the Nall. And they're, they, I mean, they had a big camp at the at the Mac Center last weekend. Yep. And huge, huge amount of kids. And I'm not going to say that's just because of COVID. They want to play, man. They want to play. And it's, I, it's good for you guys to be picking up local kids. I have, I know yeah, you, will. you need guys like that, like Matt, that want to bring exactly. in Alaskan kids and, and, you know, Alaskan kids that want to be in Alaska and stay in Alaska and play in front of their family and friends. And, yeah. and, and get them to stay. And make they'll Alaska be competitive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's tough. Well, I got one more question. This is, this is a weird thing. I just found out about this thing this year. The NCAA Transfer Portal. You know anything about the transfer portal? I thought that was all football. Is that a hockey, it's hockey, hockey too? too. So back, I thought it, I thought it was football too. Yeah. So back when I played, which is eons ago, you wanted to go to another school. You're not happy, not playing, whatever. You lost a year of eligibility, and yeah. you had to sit out. It's not that way anymore. So, um, and I've Cameron, my son Cameron plays for for Providence, and one of his best buddies in the team was a freshman. Got a handful of games, like you know, sometimes freshman you got to pay your dues, whatever, and. Um, they get in the uh, after meeting and it's like, yeah, I just enter the portal. Bye. I got a problem with that, man. It's just, it's like you recruit a kid to go to XYZ school. We want you to be our guy. And then, you know, the portal got, he, I mean, so the portal, they enter the portal and all the other D1 coaches can see him. It's like, he gets, the kid got beamed up over to Miami of Ohio. I mean, the kid's playing D1 hockey, but it's just, I don't know how I feel about that whole – I mean, it's become more of a business. Obviously, these coaches are making whatever they're making, six, 700000 bucks a year. I just found that kind of – I didn't really know about it. I knew it started with the football and it started with, like, being able to simplify the process for an athletic uh, – student athlete to transfer. But now it's become just like, oh, enter the portal. And, it, it, and it's same year. Like that Jalen Hurts left Alabama. Yeah. And he played – and then he killed it last year in Oklahoma. Yeah. Same year he transferred because he went in the portal. So. Yeah. No, I didn't know that was that was transferring over to hockey. But, yeah, that's – It's a thing. That's, that's a, a way, thing, that's yeah. a way yeah. to build a team quick. Just, yeah. just monitor the portal. Don't yeah. know if I have an opinion on that yet. No, but. It's, I, it's – it hit me wrong when you kind of sell a kid um, – on your program, which you got to do now. And then you, you're like, that's see you later kid. It's just, it makes them disposable at the college level. It just seems like it's off. We've limits, got a, uh, we've got a special enough. guest in the studio today. Did you want to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You go ahead and introduce him. It's sad. The big, uh, come on up here, Matt. All right. <laughs> Matt Thompson, assistant coach of the, uh, Kenai Brown bears. How's it going guys? Fellow oh, cream, he's wearing a cream league hat and they're both wearing cream. League. That's fine. They're cremates. That's fine. They're cremates, yeah. teammates, teammates. If you're not dreaming, you're creaming. So. <laughs> <laughs> All you young kids out there looking to play in Kenai River, uh, now's your chance. Call it. Oh, we don't have that? We, we don't have, have the color option, option yeah. Yeah, I actually had a question uh, for Casey. Actually, two questions. One, that majestic set of teeth that you got there, is, are those yours? Because they're gorgeous. They're absolutely not mine. Uh, probably the, the, the biggest and best injury to happen to me in my hockey career it was uh, in practice. Uh, Believe it or not. Yeah, we were playing three on three cross ice and we've got, you know, uh, Max McCormick. He's he's played a few games with, with the Senators. He's I think he's with Charleston Checkers now. One of my buddies. You know, he's he's a pretty I don't know how to explain him, but he's he's a he's a 
130% guy in practice and he's not that, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's not the most skilled, but he's, no gonna, he's gonna out try you. And, you know, I think he went through my legs and tried to lift his stick over my head. And he, you know, it's a Monday practice or something after a three and three. And he hits me right in the, right in the mouth. And I drop, you know, I drop my, my gloves and I, and everybody didn't know what was wrong. And I skate immediately to our locker room and I look into the the mirror and my fruit, my two front teeth are pushed all the way back, basically oh. to the back of my throat. Oh. I and I, I look a at it. Picture of it, I'll throw it around. Yeah, you should. Oh, you, you got to send that to the, him. You got to send the it to picture. Him. The picture is very gory and very ridiculous. But yeah, so I I go back out because I I don't want to look like a like a pussy in front of all my <laughs> yeah, teammates. Sure. So yeah. I'm like, hey guys, like I like I got hit bad yeah. in my teeth. So my my two front teeth are pushed all the way to the back of my my face luckily it was i'm i'm actually kind of grateful it was in a practice so it's a monday morning i can go right into the orthodontist so i go right from practice the orthodontist i still remember that to this day it was the worst month two months of my life he drags my teeth back up from the back of my mouth to the front of my mouth and i still remember the grinding of the bones dragging my i'm sorry to be gory on this podcast but dragging my teeth back to the front and and they tried, you know, they put a brace, and we saw Couture when he lost Did, his. They tried to save him. They tried to save him, oh. so they put a brace on to try to save save my teeth. Uh, uh, Logan Couture posted a yeah, picture yeah, when yeah. he lost it. A very similar kind of brace, and it's digging into your gums. You put wax to try to stop the wires, but it's just constant pain in my mouth. So I'm in, in that for a month. Uh, you know, I and at the time, actually, I bit a hole through my tongue when it happened. <laughs> so I had to get 15 stitches in my tongue. Yikes which was one of the most painful experiences of my life. And then, yeah, I mean, to do all the, the teeth work, they're, they're doing the Novocaine shots into the, the roof of my jaw, which is, might be the worst place to get a Novocaine shot. Oof. And, yeah, I mean, it was a, a month, two-month process of me going to the dentist two to three times weekly getting this fixed after they realized that the brace didn't save either of my teeth and they both died. So, yeah, all four, all six of these front beauties are – or a nice bridge. Absolutely gorgeous. That they, they put together. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's pearly white. They look great. It might have been the best thing that ever happened to me because I actually kind of had like a gap. I used to always get made fun of when I was a kid. <laughs> no I more, like boys. A, I had a little bit of gap, and I could like squirt water out of it and like look at these do embarrassing yeah. things. And, yeah, I'm actually – this was part of – yeah, I like bit down. So I miss like a I, – I mess up a lot of teeth. I'm missing a tooth down low now. I need to get that, that fixed. But – um well, yeah, so that's, according, that's according story to your pims, the, according to your pims, you're kind of a grinder. I mean, you're you're, you're, I, you're once, not, I learned that from my brother. I'm a, I'm a, I'm <laughs> there a you go. yeah, like he was a big slasher, kind of get in, you know, don't let me take beat, any liberties you got, on you, and you got to beat little brothers down. That's yeah. They, really, so and, when did this happen? I was actually sorry for a professional podcast. So yeah, I was the, taking a piss. So, so this was this was it. after. So Toronto, I I get traded in one of the biggest trades. You know, the Dion Phaneuf trade. I'm one of the nine players that go to the Ottawa Senators. And I actually have a really good start in Ottawa. Finish there. They re-signed me to a one-year deal. That's the next year. Uh, this year, I, this is when I got my American League All-Star you know, invite. So, yeah, I, I, the next year I get a one-year deal with Ottawa. And that was this season. I'm having a good season. Yeah, and it's uh, mid – I think it was December it happened. Maybe, uh, maybe November. So it happens – as I'm wearing this brace and I have to wear a full face cage, I get called up to Ottawa. I'd already been called up to Ottawa a few times before that. I actually had a lot of proud pride about that because a lot of people gave me shit like, oh, you made it out of college. Like you actually like, you know, you were kind of picked out of, you know, you weren't. You, they just needed to give you that to give you to sign. 
But then I get to Ottawa and I actually earn my way up and, and beat other guys out in the American League to get, and I think I played seven games with Ottawa. And, you you know, I, I, I got seven games with Ottawa that year that I was, a, that, you know, I got the all-star invite. But, yeah, that was the season that happened in, in December, November. And I remember, yeah, I get called up and all the guys were asking what happened in my mouth and I can't really, like, eat out at the restaurant. I was drinking. I, I actually, shakes. so that happened on a Monday. We had a Wednesday game and I played. Ooh. I had my pregame meal out of a straw. I was eating mashed potatoes and, and ground beef Yummy. out of a straw. So, uh, yeah, that was that's how my beautiful teeth happen. They are beautiful. But uh, back to your, your uh, quick, real quick NHL career. I mean, your last year, your junior year at Penn State, I mean, you're just on the like, – what's the difference between a guy like you, bonafide stud, making it – and I, I kind of – references to Swanee, kind of same thing. You guys are freaking studs. And what's that point where you make it or don't make it? It seems like such a thin, thin line. You're talking about from NHL to from, yeah, just sticking in the NHL. Like what, what is, what is the, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't exactly tell you. There was times in Ottawa that I thought I was going to stick and I was going to get more than just the average call up. I would have a really good game. And my whole, my whole uh, negative the whole time when I was coming up, I wasn't a good enough skater. So I focused all my summers on skating. And I'm at, you know, and I take a lot of pride in how good of a skater I am. That's why I have success over in Europe now. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, I came in and I, I, they said I didn't have success in skating. And I think what happened in Ottawa, I had a, I had a falling out with a, with a coach there in the, the minor leagues. And I was told by veteran players and other guys to kind of speak my mind in the exit meeting. And, there might be some things I maybe shouldn't Pull back have said. a little bit, yeah. And that kind of maybe made it so my my term in, in Ottawa slash Binghamton, which is now Belleville, uh, ended up being a little shorter than it probably would have. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I kind of could have maybe stuck. But, yeah, I mean, at the time it was it was skating. It's opportunity. It's where you are. It's where. Big time. Yeah, and Big I was time. in a great like spot there, there in there, Ottawa yeah. where they didn't have a lot of. You know, they didn't have a lot of prospects. There wasn't a whole lot of right-handed, bigger players like righties me. Are, uh, no, right, righties are hard, hard to come by. So, I, you know, I had an advantage there. And, yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, there's looking back at it, I said some things maybe I shouldn't have said in an exit meeting. And after a few beers, actually, on a bus ride home, where maybe we shouldn't have had the exit meeting that night. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. You know, I, I, I said what I wanted to say, and... And things happen. Well, good so. for you. I mean, it's it always just dumbfounds me how you look at a player like you, and then and then another guy sitting next to you, and that guy makes. It. I mean, it just it's. I don't know. I don't know what to say. And, and to have such success in the AHL for dude two hundred eleven games, and 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 not do bad in the NHL, and then they don't like not like you just you never got like your your fucking toes gripped, you know, like you just never get it. It's 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 weird it's a fickle fickle thing so yeah. you you leave there i i, I want to hear about the khl oh, we've all please tell us we've about all the heard KHL. i play with guys that played in the it's khl goalie right here dude let's hear it yeah no you, you been, were quoted as saying it was a unique experience yeah i mean i tried you got to be careful when you talk about the khl you never well, know the mafia and uh whatever. but i feel comfortable with this podcast so um they don't know where we're yeah, did you get paid in cash <laughs> that's the that's the worst part we didn't didn't yeah, get paid. We, we didn't really get paid for a while. But uh, so, yeah, I get, you know, I got this opportunity 
I, you know, I don't really have any good enough American League offers that made me want to stay. I'm getting older. I want to make some more money at this game. And I get a good offer from Slovakia in the KHL, Slovan, Braslava, the Eagles. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I message around to a few buddies and I ask like, hey, what is it like? Oh, I heard they have like trouble paying players, but I heard they're getting their stuff together, blah, blah, blah. And I see a couple guys that are there that were there previous years that have actually come back. I'm like, well, they must be figuring it out because those guys are coming back. So I ended up going to the team. Uh, they asked me to play center, and I've never played center in my life. And I say, sure, whatever you need me to do, I'll try to play center. So I'm on third line, like defensive center, playing against the top lines on every other team. The KHL is no joke. These guys are really skilled incredible shape who knows what they're taking kind of league and no drug tests yeah, we yeah. want we want to know what were they taking i don't know oh. uh, not, not our our team couldn't afford what they were taking <laughs> but but uh yeah so you know i have a pretty struggle league you know uh, a couple like a month goes by i don't see a paycheck and then another month goes by and, and i don't see a paycheck and <laughs> And I, you know, they tell me to get an apartment. I get this nice apartment, like over a river on top of a mall. It's a beautiful apartment. You know, it's a couple thousand bucks a month, which was, it isn't bad. I mean, I paid more probably in Toronto when I was living there. But uh, yeah, so I ended up not getting paid and then we're having a tough time. So let's just skip that part. Let's fast forward to the end of the year where I end up playing goal. I had a rough year. You know, we we weren't winning. We were getting crushed most games. I wasn't really getting great opportunity. I had a tough year. I couldn't score. It was crazy. I swear I was getting crushed. Like, what was the average score of a game you guys just really got your shit kicked? Average score, we were at least getting beat. Averagely, at least 5 1. But, like, but. But say like the worst, we were, like we had like a game and it was like the international series. We played Vienna, Austria, and we got our asses kicked by Siska, which is like you know Putin's team, and we're yeah we're losing like nine eleven nothing like in front of like these like you know big crowds and like these like neutral site settings. But anyway, let's get past that. We'll we'll get to. So yeah, the big question everyone wants, everybody wants to know. They even asked me when I got to Sweden this year is how the hell did you end up playing backup goalie in the KHL so we're getting to the end of the year we have obviously zero chance of making any kind of playoffs we're you know we're setting records for being the worst team in the KHL ever and you know we have two games left in the year and our our one goalie leaves to go play in Prague in in the Czech League and we have one goalie and then we have a younger goalie coming up from the Slovak junior leagues that comes and joins our team and our our one goalie left the game before gets kicked out mid game for throwing a broken stick at a ref. He suspended five games the rest of the season. Awesome. We have two games left, so we're playing in Finland, Helsinki the next time, and we're sitting there in the locker room. And the coach comes in and he's asking, you know, we need somebody who would dress as goalie tomorrow night in case something happened to our young junior goalie in net. And, like, nobody's volunteering. I'm looking around. We play, you know, growing up, we played street hockey. I played goalie a lot. And I'm about the same size as the goalie that got, you know, suspended in the league. So I, you know, I'm looking around. I'm like, hey, whatever. Freak accident. I'll, I'll go in and I'll, finish, I'll finish the game's goalie. And, and then we're all laughing about it. Uh, what if you actually get put in? So I was under the impression that I would actually play in the game. But if. Our goalie goes down. I run to the locker room and I change out of my player gear into goalie gear 
and play goalie. So we wake up, we're having pregame breakfast or whatever, and all like the North American guys are giggling and and like I'm walking, I'm like, what are you talking? Like, what are you what are you laughing about? And, like, you actually have to dress as a backup goalie tonight. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I go to the coach, and he's like, yeah, we already made the jersey, and the league said that you actually have to dress as a backup goalie tonight. And I'm like, no, 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 I didn't sign up for that. I actually want to play in the game. Like, I want to try to get some points here. Like, you know, we've I have this kind of stat sheet right now. I'm trying to right. do something. So we get in this back and forth argument, and I call my agent. I'm like, hey, they're making me dress as a backup goalie. What do I do? He's like, well, you technically don't have to, but, you know, they're having a hard time paying you, so don't give them another excuse not to pay you. So I'm, like, thinking about it, and I'm like, oh, it would be hilarious. Oh, so I'm like, uh, whatever, and I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll do it. You know, we're, our, this junior goalie is probably going to get lit up anywhere. I don't want to get another five minuses. So <laughs> Dash 28 there, yeah. So, I, so yeah, I, you know, I walk into the locker room, and I have, a, I have my player jersey in my player stall, and then I have a goalie jersey in my other stall. I actually have a video. Like, I, like, came in the room. I'm like, this is hilarious. And, like, they use the excuse, like, oh, we already used your name on a goalie jersey. We can't, like, it would take so long to unstitch those numbers and jersey. Yeah. So I have a 25 <laughs> Bailey jersey goalie cut over the goalie gear perfect so i'm like and then i'm like all right so we're all joking around like hey like we're gonna like shoot on you glove side and warm up all night like so gonna... so that's my question you, you got in, in warm-ups and uh, no that's no that's part of the story mind you he's like oh. sending us pictures in alaska i'm sending all my buddies <laughs> him in his stall with his goalie gear on which i can probably send you guys that stuff too it's <laughs> yeah funny but so like yeah i'm like yeah, i'm, I'm like all right great. i'm gonna have fun with the warm-ups I'm t- i gave my phone to one of my teammates that was like sitting out i'm like hey take a bunch of videos and pictures and warm up like this is gonna be awesome so i'm like i'm getting there i'm getting dressed and then the coach calls me into the room and he's like hey management called they don't want you to go out and warm-ups it's gonna be embarrassing for the league and i'm like yeah, and, no, no shit. fucking shit it's gonna be embarrassing <laughs> for the league yeah, like I don't. I told you I didn't want to play goalie. Make one of your young, you know, Slovak rookies play goalie, and and they were like, whatever. And so I, you know, I end. We going back and forth, and anyways, I won't get into details on that. So we get into a fu argument, and so then I end up, you know, they're like, you can't go into warm ups. So I, I I bite the bullet. I don't go into warm ups, but then they let me skate out for like the pregame like circle before the national anthem did you wear goalie skates no the goalie skates didn't fix me so i'm wearing player skates <laughs> with the goalie gear standing so high up off the ice oh sure. yeah exactly so i go you know i go out and i'm wheeling around you and rough, I, you I, rough, I stretch rough, and i'm rough like up the crease and i'm doing things and yeah no i didn't touch the crease i left that to the young junior kid who was like stoked to play his yeah, first yeah. full khl game he was actually like in the zone but uh giving him pointers yeah, Watch your exactly. angles, keep your stick in the ring. So, yeah, I go out there, no bucket, of course. I'm, like, skating around, extra goalie, have a hat, backwards hat on, and I'm rolling around, and, and I just, you know, and I'm, like, hitting, like, the North American guys on the on the ass on their pants, and I'm like, this is, like, this is ridiculous. Can you believe I'm, like, sitting here in goalie gear? Anyway, games goes on. We The goalie lets in, the long, young junior goalie, Five minutes left in the game, scores like seven nothing, the longest goal in KHL history, like behind the goal line, like freak bounce, whatever goes in. So I like give my coach the look. I'm like, come on. Am I in? Yeah, like come put on. me in. Come on. Like, might as well do it. Like, let's do it. And he wouldn't put me in, but whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's my story of being goalie. I get 
I get interviewed by the Finnish news after I have to tell them the whole story of like why I had to play goalie and and then I get in trouble from our Slovan team for for saying that like they didn't know that if they submitted me as the extra backup goalie that I actually had to dress up a backup goalie it was a it was a big situation for sure but that that league is it's crazy I mean the stories you hear obviously there's some talented players over there but what what is the style of play like because I, I looked at something like uh Craig McTavish coached over there for like 11 games before he got fired he's basically like when the D has time he grabs that puck and guys are stretching forwards just take off and it's Boom! They chip it in and go to work. I mean, it's just—it's a different style of game. Yeah, right? it's it's skilled, fast players, and and yeah, it's uh, it's hard to explain. It's a different kind of world over there. It's a, it's a tough game. They're they're skilled. It's fast. It's a bigger rink, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't have a great experience. We were a tough team in the league. I don't know if we really belonged in the league, but is the team still in the league? Uh, so Slovan was suspended for for not paying guys on time. Did you get paid? Uh, currently I've mostly got paid. Uh, I'm still missing a few, but that was due to Corona. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, we're on good terms now. I'm not going to bash the organization too well. They're, they're turning themselves around and trying to get back in the league. But, but yeah, that was, uh, you know, I had a very interesting and unique experience in the KHL. I mean, it sounds like the norm. I mean, there's like the, the, the all-star game. It's just, it's funny, but it's almost weird. <laughs> On so many levels, you're like, what in the hell am I watching? Are the co- coaches like giving uh, yeah, like, the guy the, ate the clipboard? The, the one thing the guy eats, like, draws up a play and then like uh, well, eats no, a clipboard, it, eats a chunk. Out the of guy the brought a gift, like an AK-47, in it as like a player of the game gift, which would be a cool gift, sure, I yeah. guess. But I, I don't know how you get it home. Well, do do they have the thing where they play down? Like in the DEL, I heard they have a thing. I heard this from Swanee. The play-in, you're saying? The that's, play, yeah, that's, that's in, like uh, the, that's the lowest in S, SHL. What I played. Okay, on. so yeah. they have the play-in. Yeah, so the the bottom two teams actually this have to play crazy. the top two teams from the the feeder league. Yeah, and if you know they, they play lose. a series, whoever wins, oh, one gets in, yeah. one gets it's eliminated. In. <laughs> We're in. Move, move on to to Marty questions for a little bit. I gotta. Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. I will say though, fast forward a couple months after he played goalie, my, my brother shout out Steve Thompson. Last goaltending academy, but he's running the camp and in case he comes out to help as a shooter, right? But sure enough, Steve's like, We got a special guest today. We got professional KHL goalie. Alumni coming in yeah. here. Coming in. Make sure you ask him all the questions you need to know about goaltending. He'll answer them for you. So, Matt, you make the big jump to the uh, North American League. Assistant coach, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Had yeah. a freaking breakout year last year from like rewind three years ago. They barely had a team almost losing it to. They played a good good team last well, year. Well, yeah, they didn't get right. to finish. I mean, they no, were they on a roll. They were, yeah, they, were yeah. they were rolling. Last year, they had a really good team. They would have an opportunity to do, uh, kind of set some winning records there um, from the previous team that actually I played for, but uh, not toot my own horn. But uh, Not a big deal. Yeah, not a big That's deal. Right. But Not in public. Uh, no, they have yeah. a great coaching staff with Kevin Murdoch at the helm and um, a lot of great young talent. I mean, some Eagle River boys with Chris Kranick and – and yep. other guys passing through there. I mean, your Sutton played there for yep. a little bit. Sutton, and Cam, Cam was there, played, obviously. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, this last season they were a really strong team. And uh, it's unfortunate that COVID kind of ended the season for them, so they didn't get to really play it out. But, um, you know, and obviously I feel for the, the kids like Preston Weeks or other yeah. guys that were in their 20-year-old year not being able to finish it out after they had seasons where they yeah, weren't winning poor, games. Poor right? Preston. I mean, of all guys, Preston's yeah. – how many games did he have? I said 5,000. I know that's not – I can't remember what it, it was. was a, it's like – a lot of games. It's something ridiculous, though. I remember even going – he knew that if he played, like, 
three-fourths of the season this year that he was going to break the record in the NHL. And, you know, like I was shouting in the back, I mean, I played there, you know, 2010, 2011, 2011, 2012, but he was our stick boy. You know, some young little, you know, nice kid that I think his parents were billet families and for him to grow up and then play for the Keener River Brown Bears and set that record and but what a, what a great story earn a division once you know exactly opportunity Planet, with the Sea Wolves right Alaskan kid uh, you know good good kid too great kid nine, nine, you know, yeah, nice kid big tall athlete fun? you know two two hundred thirty three games is that right is that yeah. what it was yeah yeah. 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 So we're hoping to feed off of that success going into next season, uh, whenever that is. And um, if you get a local guy in there like yourself that could get local talent and stick around, then all of a sudden it's the same thing like we talked about with UAA. I mean, there's enough talent here. Like you were talking about earlier, if all the kids would have just played on one team or the other, if all the kids would stick around and play together, or or 75% of them, you have a competitive program, maybe at any level. Right. And, and you know, honestly, looking back at even the days that I was there, that was the selling point was I didn't know if, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to play for the Brown Bears. But when it came to my, you know, it came to my opportunity, it was, hey, do you know any other Alaskan kids that would be good look for this team? And so I branched out to showing them kids that I knew that were good players because they're the same age as me to the GM and Nate Keel at the time. And uh, sure enough, we had, I think, seven Alaskan kids on that team. And we set, you know, both those years we were winning seasons, you know, I think set franchise record for wins in a season and uh you know and that's the same selling point that i have now for kids is you know if you're an alaskan kid that wants to play at home in front of your family you know especially before you go to college when that's if you don't play for ua you're leaving home you know it's your last opportunity to play at home in front of your your friends and family and uh you know if you're an alaskan kid why not surround yourself with your best alaskan buddies and make a powerhouse of a team make a run have an opportunity to win something for the state of alaska you Absolutely. Know, ice dogs have already got a few of them, so let's share some for the Browns. Exactly. Well, and I can say all you parents out there listening to this, if there's any, two, three, four, maybe. Um, total, total. As, a, as a parent, I had both my boys playing down there the same year. For me as a parent, like I think when I played junior hockey, I think my dad probably saw me play four times, maybe maybe five. I was able to go down there every weekend. It's like grab, I grab a couple of crawlers, have a – couple in the parking lot go in the game it's just like it's right there it's such such a convenient for a for a parent to be able to watch your kid play yep yeah. and then as an alaskan player i mean my buddies and i in the fall we you know we'd have your training camp and you're on the ice and you do your workouts but then you'd have the rest of the evening off we'd be catching silvers on the Kenai. Yeah. you know yeah. we'd go out hunting we go rabbit or duck hunting and so like and bringing our you know non-alaskan teammates with us like such an awesome experience, you know, like for one that loves Alaska has always been Alaska first for everything that he's done to have that experience while also playing the highest level, you know, or yeah. second highest level oh. of junior hockey in the United States uh, is something special. And the gap's so, closing though. The gap's closing. The gap is closing. I was, yeah. closing. I was working on Funny River Road that summer with quality asphalt and I would go whenever we got rained out, I'd go watch boys practice and uh, at the out, uh, what's the outdoor rink there? Uh, the Kenai rink yeah so you'd get there and you couldn't see shit because the glass was fogged all up. Oh, fogged yeah. up so I'd try to get up high and I looked like like they had the, the, the banners closed so I don't think they want anybody in there I'm trying to watch you know and and uh, they were always pretty good. I, I made a yeah, few practices. Pretty fun to watch. That was one of the biggest bummers in training camp was when you you know we'd have to skate there because the, the Soldotna Sports Center wouldn't be opened up yet for ice and. Uh, but you didn't have a shower, so sure enough, you'd be practicing with the fogged up yeah. You know, oh, yeah. glass. But they were absolute battles out there because that's you know obviously when the bubble guys are trying to make their spots. Yeah, so, great, great, you know, absolute great, grind, no showers after. It'll be the same this year. Soldado Rink. Uh, I guess they've changed it up a little bit since I played there, where they do their training camp down in Minnesota now. 
Um, obviously, that's all up in the air with where Minnesota's at, but uh, they've been doing yeah, their training let's camp. Have at, let's have it at the MAC. Yeah. You know, that, I think that would be wonderful. You know, and I honestly, to be honest, you know, looking at Alaska hockey and the growth of the North American League and helping out the other Alaskan teams, let's look at Eagle River bringing a team. You yeah, well, that, I mean? that, like, that's been talked about before. Be, we got to get Prof on to yep. talk about it. But if you had four teams up in Alaska in the Nall, oh, and make it an affordable trip. Economies of scale, then, man. Yeah. It's, it's it it makes it the uh, community in Eagle River could 100 percent, in my opinion, su- support a team, and it wouldn't take away from a team that might be in Anchorage. You no. know, I think that both communities could support a team, and 100%. what a rivalry that would oh, be. It'd be huge. You know what I mean? Like that rivalry would be unbelievable. Be like the Cream League in Eagle Rock. Exactly. <laughs> might have to get that going too. But yeah. I won't be. Well, we catered all. Uh, that's, we ca- yeah, we catered that's one thing that I am going to miss. Being, you know, I'm excited for my opportunity, but I'm going to miss the Cream League guys that that you know, and, and being a part of that league, and um, you know, Tuesday nights. You know, with, with it being a Tuesday right now, you know, those are the the, the nights of the week that you live for yeah. to get back out there on the ice with the boys. So. Um, you know, definitely one of these days. I know that we've talked about it. A, yeah, we need to a make it bit, happen. But. We need to make it happen. Uh, Steve and I were going to do more of a admin role at my age. Yeah, but even uh, like a home and away game. Say hey, instead of, we, instead of us playing, you know, say it's cookies and cream that we play that night. You know, we're playing. You know, uh, Swayman's already committed to being our goalie. Just saying. <laughs> FYI. Sorry, we're bringing Casey Bailey in before he leaves. Oh jeez, oh jeez. No, as as a backup goalie though, right? Yeah, as a, as a backup <laughs> goalie, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, good luck down there, and like, uh, um, we're trying to get Prof on the on the program too because. Uh, Oh, and he said he said he'd call in. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not calling in. You need that guy. You need anyone. It's better when you're face to face, but especially that guy. He's just yeah. And he's been such a strong guy. I mean, he's the mayor of Fairbanks in my opinion. Big time. You know what I mean? And and even in my youth, for many years, Prof was a huge, uh, you know, front runner for all the stuff that I did. He helped me out a lot, even though I ended up playing against him. But um, you know, it's such an amazing guy and. Uh, you know, it'd be a great guy to bring on your guys' podcast. Oh, he does. He does a. He does it right up there in Fairbanks, man. He is. Uh, he's on the spinning, streets, spinning Brodies on his four wheeler. About to say, yeah, a guy who knows how to cannon. ride a four wheeler. T-shirt, t-shirt cannon. T-shirt cannon. You got to be six beers in. He said. T-shirt six cannon. Steve Blinds. T-shirt cannon this year. Okay. Just want to make sure. So, so Cream Casey, League does Cream so Casey, League have a T-shirt cannon? I don't know. We, we talked about before. So, what what does the future hold for getting your degree? Obviously, marketing. Yeah. Are you going to settle in here, or is it too early to tell, playing next year? Yeah, too we, were, to tell? we were talking about that earlier. We're in the early uh, commitments of buying a house here in, in South Anchorage, and, yeah, we're, you know, I have a baby due here in August with, like I said, Congratulations. My, my, Congratulations, yeah. I got married last summer, July 19th, uh, not too far from here in Wasilla, and Gathering Place. It's a beautiful venue out there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking to plant my, my roots here in Alaska. I'd be robbing my child of – of not being here if I moved anywhere else. You know, I've got both grandparents here and 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 a great community and, and why wouldn't I wanna have a kid grow up in, in Alaska? So yeah, for right now we're we're buying a house and we're we're moving forward and I, I still hope to play for the next three to five however many years that, that I can keep yeah. kicking the can. You're young. You're young. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, look at You're me. Young. I don't yeah, look like I'm 28 by any means. Yeah. <laughs> Those teeth are yeah, I mean, I walk into the I walk into the rink. The guys think I'm going there for the, the 907 18-year-old, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. You're here for the spring league game? <laughs> they don't know who I am, exactly. So, yeah, like I, I, I can still, you know, I can still play. I've, I've been very lucky with, with injuries, knock on wood. You know, yeah. like yeah. I said, the worst thing that happened to me was my teeth, and actually it was the best thing that happened to me. Look yeah. at me. Look beautiful. At, beautiful. Beautiful. So, Glorious. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's 
uh, you know, I'm in love with the, the state. I'm in love with the lifestyle. It's, you know, fishing. My, my family have a beautiful cabin out in Willow, and there's nowhere else I'd rather be. So, yeah. Maybe, that's, maybe get him to coaching a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting a lot of young guys coming up, like William Wren joining on with Team Alaska. I think that's, you know, a positive thing. And, um, you know, like Cody Butcher's already been in it and Graham McMahon. I mean, you know, a lot of guys that, like I said, don't have kids in the game but want to give back to for kids to have the same great that's, experiences that we yep. had. Well, you know, and, 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 that, and that's, what, that's what they need at that tier at that tier one level. They really need guys that don't have no skin in the game. I mean, they really need them because right now coming up behind them is all those guys that – they just they, they got to be dad coach. No one else can coach them but me. You know. So you talking about me right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Reed McAdam. Uh, Butcher, is yep. he a is he a QC guy with uh, the state or construction guy? He does. I want to say he used to work in the oil field. I should know this because I'm pretty good buddies. Was with he him. buddies with Monfort a little bit? Uh, they well, he's a Fairbanks alumni also. Okay. So maybe was he captain the team there? maybe when Monfort played? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I think been, he was working it, nights in Dillingham. I, that yeah, that, that sounds about right. Story, so. That sounds about right. But yeah. Monfort would have been his freshman year, I think, if yeah. Butcher was still around. Yeah. Yep. Right on. Because Monfort was there with my brother too. Yeah. At UAS. So. Yeah. Well, Casey, dude, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, man. I mean, absolute stud and man rocket with those teeth, man. Love it. Yeah. Um, and as I said before, Airbags. we we've been we've been following along, and even though we've never met, um, big fan. I watch from afar. You know, um, yeah, thank you for coming on, and uh, thanks, Matt, for coming on, too. Good yeah, luck in Kenai. Guys, yeah. Yeah, thank you, guys. And uh, let's get that Alaska uh, pipeline going down there. So Yeah, thank uh, you guys for what you guys are doing. I mean, this is awesome. It's it's fun listening in to, to the Alaskan guys talking about Alaska hockey, you know, listening to Gomez, Swayman, JJ, yeah. the Hickles, everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's great what you guys are doing. You're building the game, and I think, you know, why not turn Alaska into what it used to be right. a, a hotbed, you know? Yeah. Like, why not make it? a place where kids want to stay and want to stay and play hockey and not leave to like your rant was the other day and leave to who knows where. Asshole triple A. Yeah. That term. That's a, that's a TM. It's my bad. I owe you so, 10 cents. It's all about bringing that culture back. Like we were yep. talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, when we were growing up playing, it was all about the culture, all about Noma guys that played ahead of you and all that kind of stuff. And I think that we're trying to get back in that direction and, That'll put us in a better. I'm place. glad we're all on the same page here, and it sounds like we are. So we're gonna make yeah, and it start and it starts with Alaska coaches too. Yeah, and they yeah, have more right. vested interest in the Alaska player, and maybe the Alaska player, you know, for the first time gets the nod over a guy that, you know, Bubble I mean, guy. yeah, yeah it's, maybe it's those young maybe. guys that felt like they were overlooked when they were Alaskan, and they felt like they should have been first priority. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's those guys that you know. Why doesn't UAA bring in a purebred Alaska it's up to coach you, Thompson? That yep. Wants Alaskan <laughs> you, guys. You, no you, pressure. Still you has the wherewithal to bring in Alaska other guys. Future, right. So hands. you got yeah. I mean, you got it's it's us guys that kind of see between the lines and and kind of want to make Alaska what it should be. Yeah. You know, it's a it's yeah. a northern snowy town. Why right. not? It's basically Canada. Why yeah. is it not <laughs> exactly? Why is it why not, aren't we better? Why is it not the best hockey yeah. state in America? Because they because they don't offer Casey Bailey until after he's been offered by <laughs> two big schools. <laughs> that's why. That's why. Yeah, but that's gonna change. So uh, thank you so much, guys, for coming on. I think it's uh, time for dump and change. <laughs>